There is no doubt the world is facing daunting challenges these days. Look around. We have reached a critical point in human history. Old leadership models, beliefs, and behaviors are no longer working. Centuries of emasculation have brought us to the brink. Men need help, and who better to help us but the women? This is well. The Women's Expressions on Leadership, Learning, and Liberty podcast show, and I'm its host, John Krotek. My guests are accomplished and intelligent women who share not only their personal stories, but give us valuable insights and perspectives on the leadership challenges men face. In a world still dominated primarily by men, these honest perspectives can be a genuine catalyst for male leadership improvement. By exploring possibilities and opportunities for self-improvement and transformation, we offer men hope in an ever-changing, fast-paced, complex world. Thank you for listening and for your support. Lead on. Hi, everybody. I am super excited for this episode. This is season two, and Nina Lorraine Herman has agreed to be the first one on the second uh, series of these podcast shows on well, women's expressions on leadership, learning, and liberty, which is freedom. I met Nina uh, several years ago in Sarasota, Florida. She was a real estate agent. She was doing her own thing down there. And she's also a fellow veteran. And she interviewed me on one of her shows. And then I interviewed her on Straight Out of Combat. And that's how we became friends. I want to tell you a little bit about Nina before we get started, because she has got a lot of good wisdom from her journey in her own life, but also she's smart. And God knows we need smart people these days. <laughs> With all the stuff going on, uh, a little bit of intelligence can go a long way. Let me tell you about Nina. Nina is originally from Lawrence, Kansas. And in 1998, she moved to Florida. She was going to college at the University of Tampa and earned her BS degree. It doesn't mean what you think it means, but it's a Bachelor <laughs> of Science in Finance. In 2001, she was commissioned into the United States Army and served as a finance officer for just over seven years. She served in South Korea and completed a combat tour in Iraq. And if you haven't caught that story, listen to Straight of Combat because Nina's story of what happened there in Baghdad is, is worth the listen. Anyhow, she honorably entered her term of service in 2008 due to the constant pain in her body. And she's been on a long and winding road to figure out what that pain's um, been all about. She had to go deep. She had to introspect. She's got some certifications that have a lot to do with mind, body, and spirit, uh, massage therapy, personal training, a rolfer. I'd like to learn more about that. Uh, and then she's got other certifications and she actually had a mobile wellness business or she's still working on where we're going to talk about that with some of her leadership stuff going on there. She's also started studying food healing and she's opened, uh, she opened a healthy food truck. And I think she's done that before. And uh, now that is way in the past. <laughs> okay. So, so this has not been modified, but, but, but anyhow, oh, it should have been. It should have been like past tense. Like that's was part of my journey that led me, okay. led, led me here. Okay. But anyhow, the thing about Nina is she has learned through the school of hard knocks, but also through her own experiences 
the power of the mind and 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 thoughts on wellness you know we've heard you know you are what we think we are and and you know if you think things they 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 can come true and if you don't think think things they won't come true so we're going to talk a little bit about that but in 2017 she became frustrated with her own mindset she thought she had to get into the business world and she did and she basically got into another passion of hers, which is real estate. And what a great place to be in the state of Florida. We all know about real estate in Florida. But she also, on the back end of that, she was still continuing her journey of personal development, growth and healing and spiritual connections. We're going to get into some of the things that she learned about art in our conversation. Again, I don't want to take up too much time in this introduction. But in 2020, when the pandemic hit, she knew that she had to return to healing and wellness and move out of the real estate more or a little bit more. She saw what was going on with the virus and how people were being affected on a mass scale. And she thought to herself, I need to take some of my wisdom and I need to get back into the, the it's not even a game. I need to get back into that sector of the human existence, which is wellness. Right now, she's a full-time RVer sounds fun. <laughs> and she loves to explore nature and travel. Nina's come a long ways. She believes that her purpose in life is as a healer, healing the human spirit, mind and body, but also a messenger. She believes in empowering others to connect more fully to themselves, to the creator and others, as we all have the ability to heal ourselves. We just mentioned that a second ago. Nina experienced many years of feeling helpless and lifeless, and she now embraces and wants to feel alive and truly live and help others to do the same. Awesome. I love that. She's currently studying breath work, the power of the breath. There's a lot there. I know there is. And German new medicine, which I have never heard of, but I'm sure we will hear about it today, <laughs> of which both she has found to be extremely profound. Nina is coaching others and creating healing and wellness programs, utilizing all that she has en encountered along her journey to coach and educate others on their own journeys. She's also preparing to launch wellness retreats in the near future. And I know she's been talking about that for a while now. And we know, I personally know Nina is going to get there. So anyhow, Nina, thank you for being here on the second, um, on the first of the second year of the wellness podcast show. Uh, thrilled to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. It's a joy to be here. And I think you should have like co-collaborated uh, with me on writing that bio. You did a much better job explaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You did great. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, th these bios are great. We can sit here and we can type because we've all done a lot of cool things and we've all encountered challenges. And it's tough sometimes to write about ourselves. And when we write our own bios, sometimes it doesn't come across. But to me, it's more talking to the person than reading their bio or, or finding out about them. And, and you, you inspired me when you did your own podcast show a few years ago. But when I heard your story about Baghdad and how close you came to maybe not being here with us, uh, I was like, holy cow, you know, that's one challenge that if you can overcome that fear of dying, you can pretty much handle anything. But anyhow, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, you know, sure. and how you got it, to Florida. 
And just a quick clarification, I, I, I wasn't in a position um, in Baghdad where I was close to dying, but there was a situation you, know, you just have to listen to the <laughs> to the podcast to understand what it meant on a deeper level to me that that was so profound. Um, but well, thanks for that. But, but thanks for that clarification, because Nita's right. But but the, the perception and the confusion is worth the listen. That's what yeah. I should say. Um, I grew up in Kansas and had incredible, incredible parents. Um, my parents, I have two siblings and, you know, I, everything that happens in our journey is all part of what we're supposed to experience here. And it shapes and makes us who we are today. So I grew up in a very strict religious home environment. So there was a lot of things that we were not allowed to do. Uh, we weren't allowed to listen to secular music and we, my parents were very controlling and a lot of it had to do with the church and what they, the ground uh, that they set up. Um, and, and at the time I was very, um, you know, my parents didn't have to discipline me very much because they would just look at me and I would be in fear, like I better shape up or else I'm, you know, going to be in trouble. Um, I also grew up with some significant learning disabilities. And I shared that um, a little bit and I'll go in, in the bio. Um, growing up with learning disabilities, I have a form of uh, dyslexia called non-phonemic awareness where my brain doesn't process sound. And because I struggle so much with word and sound, when I would speak, it would come out jumbled. It, words wouldn't come out how I was trying to pronounce it and other kids and, and people would make fun of me of how I spoke. So I just stopped speaking. I, was, I became a very shy um, child and, and didn't speak a lot, which then caused a lot of issues as I grew up because I didn't have a way of expressing. I didn't have words um, to communicate and really get out what I wanted to say. So I held everything in, which is a lot of, of, of my issues with pain is just a lack of expression. And um, only in my adult life did I, uh, an astrologer recommended that I start putting color on paper as a form of like communicating with my body and communicating just to put color on paper as a form of expression. And that, that, um, that has made a significant difference. And I've, I still struggle at times with words and words are, are I, sometimes I say they're not my friend, but I use them for what I have to. And um, other than that, I, I work with pictures and color. Um, and that's on the side. Um, what else about my upbringing? That would be significant. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be where I am today without my parents um, and the family life that I have. So, well, you know, you mentioned the look, you know, your parents would be, I think I grew up in the same household, but in a different state, you know, <laughs> they could, they could just give you that look and that, that fear, you know, we talk about fear and how fear keeps a lot of people stifled. And sometimes there's a good fear. And I, and I think like with you, with your core value sets, uh, you mentioned your parents and, you know, the, the profound impact that they had on you. You know, let me ask you this, Nina. So, you, you know, you grew up in that household, religious household. What was the what was the, the, the role models that you saw for men? What did what did you learn about men at that or boys at that stage of your life? So I'm going to go to the church. Um, 
the men were the ones that spoke. And in my church that I grew up in, uh, we didn't have women who spoke. Uh, the women wore head coverings. Um, and the men were, I'm going to say controlling. Um, and it was, it was a power, it was judgment. If I look back at my childhood of what I immediately think is judgment um, and separation, because when you're judging somebody, you're not accepting them, which means you're not able to accept yourself in my perception. Um, and it becomes a power and control of, um, and hypocrisy of, of living that, um, is, you know, the church is fundamentally based on love and because of what man has made it out to be, it's not, it's about judgment. It's about power and control. No, I think that's, I think, no, no, I think that that's great because it's relevant. You know, you, you grew up with this vision of men just being controllers and trying to exercise power. And a lot of times, you know, we see people in our lives that don't really have the skill sets to be able to do that in a way that's conducive to a good relationship or a good environment. You know, so you mentioned an astrology. Okay. And you're very smart and perceptive. How do you, so you, and you have these beliefs and you're, you're growing up in a, in a spiritual household. I guess astrology is somewhat spiritual. How do you go from this God <laughs> environment to an astrological environment? What, what was the, what took you there? Yeah, I had in 2006, I just gotten back from Iraq and I was really struggling. And my mother had met this man, Brian Hill in Sarasota, and he had been really beneficial for her. And she's like, I, I want, I want to introduce you to Brian. I think he can help. You need to have conversation with Brian and coming from a world of anything regarding astrology or your sign. Like that was the devil. You weren't allowed to talk about that growing up. I was like, Whoa, Whoa. Like he must, this must be worth it for my mom to recommend me have this conversation with him. And I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I walk into this building. I sit down with him and I lit, he, he had to bring tissues over. I literally cried through the entire session. No one knew me like he knew me. Like he told me everything about myself and the things that I struggled with. Like he just spoke to me like, this is how you are. And gave me, you know, practical solutions for like my frustrations and, and why I am the way I am. And it was, it was, it was profound. It was healing. I, I still continue to this day to have, um, um, a relationship, um, with him for astrology readings, because it has, has been very fundamental in my life of really helping this shy, um, woman who, I don't want to say I couldn't think, but I couldn't process. I couldn't communicate. I couldn't express. And that is our lifeline. That's our, the blood and life force of who we are is being able to express ourselves. And without that, it's no wonder the amount of pain that I was in. And then, you know, coming from the church environment and structure and then going into going to college and then going into the military, which again is structure and and control right very um masculine based and so for this girl who's like just following along trying to do what she's supposed to do um and fall under that method 
it took a, it took years for me to 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 blossom to like break out of that box so that I could really be who I am supposed to be um, in this world and not I want to say gray box but some other construct that that society wants to place on you so you know so you said some interesting things and I, I'm going to make a couple comments here okay. so you know you mentioned journey and you mentioned it in your bio and you outlaid or outline some of the things of your own journey and what i'm getting from you right now is that the journey is is all about changes and these adaptations to these changes you know one thing let me ask you this you know and then pain can be described on a few different levels that you've outlined like you know there's physical pain and then there's a uh, there's an emotional pain and then there's spiritual pain you know this disconnect i guess <laughs> How important is it for us to recognize and give ourselves credit for anything that we've done in life? And, and when we have these challenges like you with the learning disability, you probably beat yourself up quite a bit, I would imagine. How did you make the transition to go from beating yourself up on occasion to finally empowering yourself and realizing that you deserve to be here? I'm not going to lie. There's still times when I beat myself up. However, it's the awareness. It's the acceptance. It is looking back and seeing over my lifetime, everything that I've been through and all the challenges, all the joys have led me to where I am today. And it's an appreciation that I wouldn't be who I am today had I not been through those things. And I can tell, like, I don't beat myself up nearly as much as I used to. Um, and that's a good thing. Yeah. And, but the, the, you know, I will go back to uh, judgment. You know, I'm, when we judge ourselves, I'm, I'm very self-critical, but when we judge ourselves, then of course we're judging others as well. Right. So, um, I know when somebody's judging me, I know that they're dealing with their, you know, their own stuff right now. And so if we can control our own judgment of ourselves and be accepting of ourselves, then we're more accepting of others. And we're all so unique, right? Like that's what the world is made of is unique beings that um, can elicit and that can emote their own frequency and, if we were all the same, we would, you know, this would be quite a boring place, right? <laughs> for with being on the planet for sure, <laughs> you know, it'd be like, holy cow. You know what's um, interesting though? Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, the the shame and, and guilt. Um, you know, I think we've talked about uh Brian's, Brown's work before, but um, you know, the shame and guilt will eat us alive. And um so I've I've just come it's, it's the acceptance of I had to go through where I did now, what I had been through to be where I am now so that I can fulfill and um, evolve so that I can help others in the same position. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a constant journey. No, I, I'm, you know, you let off, you finish right there with that little piece about journey. And what's interesting is that we are on our own journeys and all the journeys are different. And when we have different mindsets at different times, right? You're an intuitive person, right? We know this. 
how do you, you know, and I, and this, I'm trying to get some tips here too, because it's not always hunky dory for me either. You know, when we're operating in a world where people are at various stages in their development, right. And you might be at a level higher, so to speak, not better, but maybe higher, maybe you are more aware. What do you do? And this could be a tip for anybody. What do you do to alleviate the frustrations? And especially in today's world, we mentioned COVID and all the wild stuff. How do we how do we use that awareness to benefit ourselves? What what can we do? What do you do personally? Breath work. Um, breath work and meditation, and it's you know listening to listening to ourselves, which it is so hard because I am an overthinker. I I'm our brains, like many of you, always constantly thinking, right and Breathwork has been one of those most profound things that if I started in the morning, one, it helps me reduce pain in my body because you can breathe through the pain. Um, we also have stuck emotions that it can help us to release. So there's a, there's so many benefits of, of breathwork, but being able to do the breathwork and meditate and just be still, and then it allows me to kind of work through, okay, what, what do I need to work on? What do I need to focus on? And, um, I generally will start my morning. I drink lemon water. I'll do my breath work. And I am a huge fan of, of spiritual, um, deck of cards. I have several of them. Um, I personally will, will pull a card and, um, I have started painting. I had shared a little bit about, uh, about that in my bio from, from Brian Hill's um, recommendation, I just put color on paper and from the card and the messages that are coming from my guides, um, I put the color on paper and then I just look at it. I, I meditate on this paper. I'll turn it all four directions. And I always feel like there's a message there for me of whatever I'm dealing with, whatever, whatever was on my mind, whatever, um, I'm struggling with, there's always seems to be a message there of what I need to apply to my life. And it's, it's really a matter of listening, listening to ourselves, listening to our guides. Um, if I'm, if I'm not painting, I like to be in nature and nature always reveals something like it's, you'll see a symbol in a tree or the way the leaves are shaped or there's so many different things that the nature is here to support us. And there's so much, if we just take the time to be still and to listen. And that's, that's, I, and I'm not entirely sure that I answered your question, but. <laughs> no, you know, you did because what, what I, what I got from that and thank you for being open about that. What I got, what I got was the focus on self and that it's okay to focus on yourself. You know, you mentioned guilt and shame um and those things take us somewhere else you know overthinking is probably the most common thing that that all human beings do you know it's that gift of being able to use logic and reason and some people use it more than others you know we see the world the way it is it's like whole you know what's going on here but 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 the focus on the self is is exactly what the breath work is you're centering yourself and you're breathing in this life-giving oxygen that comes from the universe. You know, we're not going woo-woo here. It's reality. 
and, 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 and you're giving yourself a chance to develop your awareness. That's kind of what I got out of that. You know, what, what you just said. Yeah, it, it's, um, I, I, I do understand that I'm a little woo woo, but, um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, that was, no, that was not an insult at all, but people go, no, to, no, I, I didn't take it as an insult, but you know, it is surprising to some, but I, um, we're, we're, we have a creator, we have guides where I'm, um, and they're always trying to communicate to us. And when we're closed off, we miss those messages. And when we're misaligned, um, it causes us pain, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and that's, that's, that's some of the struggle, which I see in leadership and, um, in myself, prior to my life now, that was, that was what was significantly missing is being able to really embrace and embody what our creator has provided for us here. No, and I like that because, you know, we're talking about awareness. We're talking about self. We're talking about um, higher consciousness, you know, it becomes, you know, it's amazing to me how these these words will be taken or these concepts will be taken and then they do something to them and they twist them and they, they, they've seemed cliche at times. And, you know, the world is not cliche. Life itself is very serious. And if we don't take it serious, then we end up stagnating. We end up in pain. We end up somewhere we probably don't want to be. And that's, that's kind of what it is. You know, you, you basically need to you, to me about you is just the journey and how you've been able to, we've heard this, adapt and overcome. You know, you've, you've done it over and over and over again. And it's like, it's like a fine wine almost, you know, you don't just pop the cork the first month you put it in the bottle, you have to give it time and you've done fantastic, you know? So I'm excited to see what you've got going on with the the mobile retreats would be really cool to hear about that but tell us about the german uh new medicine german new medicine yeah i've never heard that i mean and, and i didn't do any research on it first time i've ever seen it was in your bio two hours ago okay um so german new medicine is for uh, from a doctor in germany and he um his son was shot on vacation and later died four months later in his arms. And the doctor and his wife were both diagnosed with cancer shortly thereafter. And the doctor said, is this just coincidence or did what we just went through with our son cause the cancer? And he spent the rest of his life, he died a few years ago, um, studying and he studied over 40,000 cases. And in 100% of those 40,000 cases, there was a trauma in that person's life prior to their diagnosis. And it's not just cancer. It's literally anything in the body that you're dealing with. And, and he had to have at least 500 cases of a particular, um, diagnosis. And I know we're both very anti-diagnosis labeling, um, but he had to have 500 in a particular area 
before he would publish any information about it. And it's not just the trauma that the person went through. It is the perception. It's the, how the psyche, the, our psyche perceived the trauma. So, and forgive me, I, I'm paraphrasing this and hopefully I didn't push it up too much. Um, but there's, I think, 20 to 25 different perceptions that the psyche, how the psyche can perceive a trauma. Um, it could be an abandonment. It could conflict. It could be a territory conflict. It could be a death fright conflict. It could be, um, I don't know what other ones, but um, at the moment off the top of my head, but the people with the same type of perception ended up with the same lesion in the same area of the brain and in the same area of the body impacted. And our bodies are, are brilliant. Our bodies are, our creator created us so magnificently they're always trying to keep us safe. Our bodies are always trying to keep us safe, but if we don't know and understand what our bodies are doing, then we think that our bodies have malfunctioned and they're, they're not serving us properly. And we go to a doctor and we get pills and medication to just to be a band-aid of the issue really. And then cause, you know, oftentimes it causes other side effects that we have to deal with. Right. But we're not really addressing the root cause to begin with. Um, so if we understand what, how our bodies operate are operating and understand and create that awareness of we start to go through something we notice some symptoms and if we're stopping that moment to be like okay what what's going on around me what am I dealing with um, that can cause that's causing um, this pain or these symptoms and you start to work to resolve that issue whether it be a territory issue or a boundary issue I, I personally have been dealing with or had uh, been dealing with territory boundary issues. And when I started working through those issues, my issue resolved and I didn't have to have medication. In fact, I was dealing with, um, uh, I was dealing with some things at the time and I had been on flares of it for what felt like months um, over a course of a couple of years. It just, I kept recurring flares and I learned German new medicine, which, which came across um, the synchronicities were quite fascinating, but I ended up rooming with this woman who teaches German new medicine here in the United States. And she taught this to me and I actually had already heard of it. In fact, I had, I had Dr. Hammer book, uh, one of his books on my bookshelf at the time. That's a whole nother long story. I won't go into that, but um, when she taught me this, I was in the middle of a flare and I was able to work through it within a week and my symptoms went away and I didn't have another flare for two years until I was dealing with another territory issue. It came back and I knew exactly what it was and I worked through it and I was gone in a week. Um, so if we, if we know and understand how our bodies operate, um, which there's some very fundamental things that I'm leaving out right at the moment because this podcast isn't all about German new medicine. Um, but if we understand how our bodies operate, we create that awareness. When we're dealing with things, we can at least start and have be able to lessen the impact on our body of what we're how we're going through things and resolve it at, at its source. Resolve it before it gets to a point where it's uncontrollable. Um, and couple things to note there. There's, we do need to have our body in regulation, right? Right. We need to be healthy. We need to have the energy. We need to have the nutrients. So how we heal and overcome, um, 
is mindset, but it's also um, the movement. It's the structural alignment. It's um, breath work. It's eating, eating right. It's having the right supplements that, so it's all, you know, it's a holistic approach to keep your body in regulation so that, you know, our, when your bodies are in regulation, it can take the negative and, and eliminate the negative, right? It, it can filter out what it no longer needs and, and eliminate it. But unfortunately in our world today with toxins and negative mindset and, and the social media and the isolation and the fear and all that we're dealing with, our bodies get clouded up and we can't um, eliminate the toxins anymore as easily. So that gets stuck in our body and, um, we end up with trapped emotions and there's a whole slew of things there. And I, I just opened up a whole can of worms by no, no, no. a number of different things there, but um, yeah, let me, you know, you, you said <laughs> earlier, you said earlier that you had a difficult time expressing yourself with well, that last couple of minutes, there was no difficulty. So kudos to you and congratulations that you've broken through that threshold, that barrier. That's good. That that's a huge, 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 sign right we talk about signs and the universe gives us signs and i'm taking this from you if i'm wrong just you know tell me i'm wrong but uh so we, you, what i'm getting from you is that the universe gives us these signs that we need to know for self-improvement right and then there's if we start to do some things three things what i see you trying to articulate is you uh, having a belief in yourself a belief in self the breath mindset and then having a belief in something greater than yourself something spiritual something universal something godlike something that can humble us right and then understanding that to gain this awareness to move forward and get past that challenge we have to understand that it's a process and what the ever what you just said in two minutes is what i just is that kind of where you're at? And did I, did I, it's, did I get it? Yeah, it's no doubt a process. And um, the reality of it is, is we have everything inside. You know, it's yes. Um, our creator, the relationship with our creator. Um, but knowing that we have the answers inside, we just have to be willing to connect and listen. Which leads me to very important C word choices and you said you came back you identified the territorial boundary issue wherever you were at you came back but the second time around you understood it and you were through it within a week so that's real life proof in your journey nina that it works yeah. that your your awareness the choices that you made and understanding you, yourself, Nina, was able to get through that. And that that that's an incredible um, growth and empowerment. I mean, even since the last time we've talked, what was it, three years ago, it's amazing where you were at then and where you're at now. And it's and it's oh, yeah, I'm not even the same person. <laughs> it's exciting to see. So that no, no, that's good. And and I, you know, but that's how the universe works. You know, we talk about these reasons and it's not cliche, but, you know, we circled back around and we're, 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 we're army buddies 
but we're also uh, very much in alignment on a few things. So that's cool. I mean, thank you for that bit of wisdom. Um, so the world's in a real fix right now. We talked about this before we came on the interview. What do you see going on and what can leaders do, especially the men that you have this perception of controlling and rigidity? And I have my perceptions too. I think a lot of this is a male leadership issue, but where do you see the world now and how can men and leaders in general, women, how can we work together to move this human condition into a better state? Big question. Yeah. Um, I would say first and foremost is self-acceptance and self-love. And um, there's a huge separation going on. There's a huge power struggle. There's, um, and, and, you know, you had shared what I had mentioned in regards to COVID. And when that started, I recognized that there was a significant issue in how it was being handled that was going to cause a deeper healing crisis than than the virus itself, right? Um, which is coming from fear, which is coming from isolation, which is coming from tactics to control um, and have power over people, right? And when that happens, then it, it causes separation. There's those who, the people that comply. And then when you're complying, you're not accepting of others who aren't complying, right? Because you have to comply. You're not willing to accept others who aren't. And it, it creates then a division and judgment and this whole uh, fear increases and it, it, fear has its own in and of its own um, discord. Um, you, your immunity is lowered in fear. Your, your, your cells, the brain is not firing completely. Right. So there's a number of things from, from the fear itself. Um, and I'm getting sidetracked at the moment, but the acceptance of self. So understanding and listening to reason within yourself. Like if I believe X, Y, Z for me, and I am going to operate off of X, Y, Z, and my neighbor to the North operates on LMN, I should be able to accept LMN because I've accepted myself as you know, I can operate off this. And if they can accept that I can operate off this, then we're able to work as a whole, understanding that everybody has to do what's in their highest and best interest and what resonates with them. And when you're operating in a, at that level, it's not as though how I operate is going to impact negatively impact somebody else, right? I think there's this whole idea that if you do what you want to do, it's going to impact negatively impact me. But if we truly listen to ourselves, we're, we're in it for the community. We're in it for the collective as the whole. And it's not as though what I'm doing is going to negatively impact somebody else. I'm just doing what's uniquely me, what's, what is my own frequency, what's right in my best interest, because we are completely and totally unique individuals. And somebody else can be in the same position and I can accept them when I've been accepted, right? Like there's this mutual respect and um, alliance and community that can be created when we have self-acceptance. I truly believe that. So I truly believe that right now, that is the fundamental um, 
problem that we have is lack of self-acceptance because um, without it, we're not accepting and we're judging and we're shaming and we're guilting everybody else because we think they should be under a particular power and control and do a certain way. And I, um, you know, freedom is my number one value and I get that that's not everybody's, but um, if we can all operate in, in our own way that we can express ourselves without harming others. Um, I think we'd be in a much better place for, for leadership, for ourselves as individuals, um, to be able to grow as a community, as a collective, and really make this place while well, we're here on earth, a place that people want to live. Where people no, live. That, that, that's awesome because so what I get out of that, I'm a, I'm a quick study sometimes. Not always, but sometimes I'm I appreciate there. the summary. No, but 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 no, no, but self-acceptance, what you're telling me and what you're telling the listeners, and thank you for listening, uh, is critical to our global community. It's critical. And, and you know, and as far as like what 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 I believe, what you just said is self-acceptance and self-love are the ingredients or the behaviors that fight the entropy of the universe and entropy we know is chaos and conflict and degradation and all these things that we see this judgment of each other. Um, I think that awareness is like your mantra. That's like, if there was one word I could think, how could you, how would you describe Nina? I'd say she's aware. And I, and I believe that, you know, so Awareness, acceptance, double A's. Yeah, double A, you know, and it's not the other double A. But anyhow, <laughs> let me ask you this. So what, you know, what are three things that men can do, men, especially in leadership, can do right now to positively change their own lives and the lives of the people around them or the people who they lead? I would say one is getting clear on what their mission is, what their purpose is, what are, what are they wanting to do and revise as necessary. Like, is it going to benefit the collective whole? Two is to really connect to themselves and dig deep because unfortunately men have been taught not to show emotion, not to be expressive. And so they stuff everything down, right? And, and now they're full of trapped emotions that, you know, something happens and now it, it may trickle out, but they're not fully who they are. They're not stepping into their power because so much of their power has been stuffed down, right? So if they can really dig deep and start to look at themselves internally, start to look at some of the things that they've been dealing with that need to be dealt with and be vulnerable. Um, in doing so and being able to share that and um, heal through that, that is a significant part of, of their healing. And it also gives them an ability to then have more empathy for what they're dealing with. It gives them a clear picture. It helps them to relate to the people that they're working with um, and the people that are following them. Because if the leader doesn't have followers, obviously they can't lead, right? Um, <laughs> and- That's true. <laughs> self-explanatory um but to grow followers you want to be able to relate to them right and and in this world right now people are looking for want to belong somewhere and so being able to if you 
if a leader knows themselves, knows where they're going, um, and can express that, be vulnerable, people can relate to that, and they want to get on board, right? And those are two. I, I could probably have broken that second one down into the third one. Um, let's see what would I say is my third. Um, you got clarity, vulnerability, growing, constant, constantly growing, constantly seeking um, self connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome wisdom, you know, and, and you have definitely, definitely not the same Nina that I knew three years ago, which is great because you're a living and breathing example, breathing example of a person that is actually living their mantra. You know, you were definitely on the journey and it's inspiring. And, and I just know that you got good things coming your way and probably good things happening today as well. Do you have a, um, do you have like a, a Nina-ism? Like, do you have a, a personal quote that you relate to or maybe your own quote that gives you the perseverance and the strength to keep going? Do you have do you have something like that, Nina? I, I, I would say I probably have a plethora of ones, but I'm not necessarily consistent with any particular one. Um, gratitude, I... There's a um, I am me movement and it's mere decals, right? And I have a mere decal that says I'm grateful. Um, and I think that is probably one of the things if I can remember every day of what I'm grateful for, because there is so like our world is really beautiful um, and the people are beautiful. If we really just connect and just being grateful for everything that I have and for the people and the connections that I have, um, I'm grateful is probably one of those mantras that I, I say the most. It's awesome. And, you know, it's something that we can all listen to and, and follow. So, you know, I just, all I want to say is thank you for still being, you know, around and doing <laughs> your thing. And, and, you know, it is inspiring and I appreciate you opening up and being honest and then, uh, you know, wanting to be here and wanting to help others that that's inspiring. So all I can say is Nina is thank you. And I look forward to seeing what you're going to do down the road. And uh, if, if I can ever be part of it, or if you ever need anything from me, let me know. Absolutely. Well, thank you for allowing me to be on your show and sharing my opinions and visions and so forth. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank Thank you for listening to another episode of Well. Without you, we don't exist. There is no show. We hope the men who joined us today learned some valuable tips to improve and not be ashamed to use them. Be the change, men. Set the example. Keep going. And for the women leaders out there, keep creating and keep helping us men to become even better men, more effective leaders. Thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and lead.